Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Harper, and you can find me at HarperWHarris.com, and that'll point you in the direction of all the other the other things I mentioned this week as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have... You can plug all your stuff as much as you want. <laughs> Thing Minute Geek Rex. Us. Harper Debbie Harris on Twitter. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. Check them all out. <laughs> yeah, especially since this is like, yeah, since this is like your last day, I definitely want people to go and check out The Thing Minute. It's a great podcast that he does. He's analyzing my favorite horror film of all Me too. time. Minute by minute. So, you know, definitely go check that one out, guys. Because um, that is, that is a great A podcast. Thank you. Um Today on Donna Justice Minute, we are talking about minute number 15. And the minute's going to start with Amajog uh, saying, Men with power obey neither policy nor principle, which is a double negative, <laughs> uh, but whatever. Uh, and, <laughs> and then ends with the death of quote unquote Jimmy Olsen. Oh, no boy. one is different, no one is neutral. Well, we don't know quote unquote Jimmy Olsen died. We hear a gunshot, <laughs> we see it. Tomorrow. We see it. Oh, next week. Next week. Spoilers. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm still. He's still alive. I'm gonna milk that for as long as I can. Oh yeah. You like my theory <laughs> there that it's not really Jamie Olson. I'm digging it more and more. <laughs> uh, let's let's. Uh, which one do you want to do first? You want to do Jimmy Olson, or you want to talk about Amajog? No, let's talk about Amajog. Let's just okay. get right start from the. Yeah. Start so he from says, the beginning. "Men with power obey neither policy nor." Uh, nor principle. It's bothering me now that I discovered it's a double negative. Either, um, wait, men with power. Say it again. Men with power obey neither policy nor principle. That's because if you, you know, if you have that much power, then why do you need to obey policy or principle? It's not like you're going to get shamed for. It. I mean, yeah, I understand no the meaning behind it. I'm trying to find a double negative out of it. What so what should it? Ha- what should oh, it? Oh, they should have just said neither policy or principle. No, or principle use, and not You have nor. to use nor if it's neither. Yeah. I think so. No, because neither is already the neither is like because then you say you could. Um, Let's consult the grammar minute podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> they do that. I'm pretty sure it's neither policy or principle because nor is already the, uh, the the I don't know man grammar okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, those are, those are my thoughts on that first line. Yeah, being like you know. Of course they don't have to, because why should they? I mean, they're not going to get scathed for doing so or not. So you're supposed to relate this to Kal-El. Right. Um, Am I? You're supposed to, but are you supposed to relate it as Amanjag's ver- vision of Kal-El, or is this man's vision of Kal-El? Uh, it's kind of split 50-50, because, you know, 50% of man likes him, the other half doesn't like him. Um so whose viewpoint is this supposed to be from? I know it's supposed to be a metaphor towards Cal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also thought of it as like, this is the view of a person pre-Superman. Like, Oh, I think it's world. afterwards. It's okay. afterwards and not, <laughs> and not a, a, a person that... See, it's hard. That uh, Superman is always related to the United States. And so would you all say that super meanings behind that with the United States being big and powerful and yada yada yada. So so would uh, you say that oh. Superman's uh reveal to this world kind of spawned this insurgency? 
because we're not living in a post-Superman world? I don't necessarily would say that it spawns it, but it probably strengthened it. It's These people in Nairomi are not directly affected by Superman saving them on a daily basis, as the people in the United States are. So they see it from an outsider's point of view. You don't think Superman's saving you know people I mean? in Nairomi so, at this point? No, I mean, I, I know he is, but like he's, he's not... He's going to try. Yeah, he he tries to do as much as he can. Don't get me wrong. Kal-El is he's a good person at heart, but he can't do everything at once and he's going to choose favorites as, you know, everybody says you don't choose favorites, but you know, everybody's human. Ha. There you go. But uh the fall the the fault of Kal-El is that he chooses Metropolis to, you know, central hub. Yeah, he's going to do his best to be everywhere as he can, but Yeah. You know, he's saving a somebody in Metropolis. Someone in Nairobi is getting gunned down. So I mean, it's like I, a trade-off. I, uh, I've always been the believer that Kal-El is all good and not all and not powerful. all powerful. Yeah, it's just been. We'll my get thought. there. But. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there one day. Um, but yeah, uh, any thoughts from you, Harper? Yeah, I mean, I think this—that's just kind of the first hint at like the overall theme of this movie and and where. They're trying to, yeah. you know, obviously where the movie goes sort of plays that idea with with Lex and with Superman about, you know, the whole all good versus all powerful and, and whether you can be both. And, um, you know, whether Superman, because he is so powerful, whether he has the right to kind of interfere in, in you know, politics and, and other nations and things like that. I mean, that's obviously where the movie goes um, in general. So I think this is just sort of setting that up and. And yeah, obviously we don't know it yet, but it's definitely supposed to kind of um, plant that idea in our heads before we see that that's where the movie's going. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the reason I thought this was kind of like a pre-Superman thought that someone might have uh, in the universe was that he said that no one is different. No one is neutral. No one is. Yeah, with both. No one is. He says different as well. He says no one is different. No one is neutral. Mm. Um, And to me, it's like, you could say that about people like Batman and Wonder Woman because in this universe, they've tried. They've tried to be heroes and unsuccessful in some way. Um, but now you have Superman, and Superman is that person to change the world. Like, that is, he's, you know, he's not there to do that, but that's what he does. Yeah. He changes the world. And so to say that no one is neutral. Um, I guess there's so many ways you can take that. Like neutrality, I mean, nowadays, neutrality kind of seems like um, an action in itself right. to almost like... almost like Do nothing. Almost, yeah, almost being like... Being silent is being complicit by, kind of thing. You, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, one of those You're things. You're doing something by doing nothing. Yeah. But it's, I feel like in some cases that might be a good thing. But, I mean... It's, yes, so obviously. It's very situational. Very gray of course. Uh, well, area. So I don't know, but I don't know. That's why, in my opinion, I felt like it was a very... Either way, what Amajog says, um, until now, because one, doing it minute by minute, and two, reading it with subtitles, mm-hmm. um, I've actually fully like kind of comprehended what he's been saying. Because yeah. other than that, I feel like everyone's just kind of like, oh, this dude's finding something in his camera. Like, oh, what is it? It's a yeah. tracking device. It's like... And then it's, you know, all eyes are kind of on Jimmy Olsen and this guy wearing sunglasses. But, like, this is the first time where Amajog was, like, the show show stealer this whole week for me. So, I don't know. I just I just found his 
His words very important. The fact that he was saying this to Lois Lane is very important. Because Lois Lane is seeing both Cal and Superman. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to say she's seeing both Clark and Superman. And she's seeing the good that he's trying to do. Whereas then you get this other outside person that sees this superhuman being, you know, (laughs) doing his best essentially. But in his mind, he's being left out. Because Superman is fighting for the U.S. and not fighting for Nairobi. He's felt left out. Anyway, the outsider is telling Lois, the person that is the closest to this Superman, that, hey, nobody's different and nobody can be neutral. Whereas this entire time, Cal's probably been having these conversations with Lois, like saying, hey, I have to help everybody. I can't just, you know, do what the U.S. government wants me to do. I have to go into these countries if they're starving and they need my help. Like, I have to do it. Yeah. And she's probably like encouraging him, like, yeah, you gotta do do the best you can. You gotta help everybody as you can, whatever. And then, you know, this dictator from an outsider is saying nobody is neutral. It probably sits with her a lot more heavier than you know, I mean, it, it we sat get a, with we get a line from Kal-El later on in the film that's kind of similar. Yeah, exactly. So I mean it, it's very true. I think this conversation that Lois has with uh Amanjog is um it's it stays with her. I'm sure that's probably somewhere in the you know direct directing of the character. What was like? Hey, you remember that line? Like, try to bring about that. Like, try to feel like you were you're feeling very concerned for yeah. your mm-hmm. loved one because you know he's not making the right choices. Yeah, and it, it sets up that this Whatever. world is not like a black and white like you know like Wonder Woman for example where it's like okay it's the allies versus the Nazis like that's a pretty clear yeah, like yeah. black and white thing but in this the world of um Batman versus Superman it's it's much more kind of gray where you know if there's the this, this civil war in Nairobi like which side does Superman take in that like that's not just saving a life like you know he he has to choose a side if he's going to interfere in some like interfering in any way is mm-hmm. in some way taking a side and so this kind of sets up the world of the yeah. film in that way yeah, I mean, we talked about um, we talked about this uh, during Man of Steel, but it was like if you look at history, um, it, all of those kind of conflicts are pretty gray. Um, you can take any war really, except yeah. one, World War Two. That one was like a clear, definitive like, well, no, those people are spreading hate. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that was you know and so like wonder woman it was very clear like who the enemy was because like that was it like there was a whole the whole world was involved because nazism is bad mm-hmm. <laughs> um so you know and now i love the gray aspect and we talked about it in the last film we're talking about it in this one just the whole universe um just the idea of gray like the idea that things aren't as black and white as it seems yeah um, i've always been a fan of that but do you guys want to talk about Jimmy Olsen? Let's the jig is up. <laughs> let's talk about the fact that um, before you know that that there's a tracker in the film, it's like it's like he's like a schoolyard bully. It's like he already opened the camera, dropped the camera on the ground, pulled all the film out, and then he's like, Ugh, like stamps on the film canister. <laughs> like what else? Like until you <laughs> yeah. know there's something in there, you're like, man, this guy's just a jerk. <laughs> yeah. It just seems too easy. I mean, it was planted, obviously. I mean, you'd think his stomp would have broken the tracking device. Also, itself. very good And point. what tracking device looks it like It looks that? like a... <laughs> like, there has to be tracking devices that are smaller, that are probably, like, not even anything. It looks anything. like uh, those the dino DNA things in the cream. <laughs> like, why does it flash and beep, too? That's, like, a very inefficient, very bad idea for a tracking it's a, device. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> hey, look at me. It's just like... Uh, you, 
you gotta do make you sure think, people uh, know that's a tracking device. You gotta make it bleep. <laughs> Let me look at this. The do you man, think it's a, do you think it's a Christmas light that they just put metal around and was like? <laughs> it's like it looks a, like a fuse LED or something. Yeah. With a little, <laughs> yeah, it's just come on. Zack Snyder went to the prop. They went to Skycraft and, like, and they just like All right, pulled out boys, their... what do you got? And <laughs> they're like, uh, quick, let me get that Christmas light. Yeah, and they're like. It's like a it's just like to... junk drawer items, and they just like glued together and put a it's light bulb a, in it's it. It's the top of a super glue <laughs> with a Christmas light on it. Yeah, uh, probably. But uh, no, that's, that's make sure it beeps in post. <laughs> that's definitely uh, a tracking device. That's um, a, did you look up what tracking devices look like on the internet? <laughs> no, because even during the '60s, like with all the spies and and stuff back then, they they had tinier tracking devices. I think. I I would hope so. I mean. We see later on in the film a tracking device, and it looks a lot smaller than this. You should put, like, they should inject a tracking device into you. I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing that's, now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they do now. I mean, yeah. we've all got tracking devices. <laughs> in us. I mean, that's why I'm wearing the, the tinfoil hat right now. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Quote, unquote, hardware. <laughs> oh. He's, you think that's, like, because then we can go that way. I mean, it's like maybe Harper agreed to be on this podcast only because he's working for the CIA and he wants to know what we're talking about. That's right. I, you guys are on to something and I've got to make sure that... Uh, shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> shut it down. Shut Burn it down. everything. Turn the lights off. Shut it down. We're not home. Um, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, so we get the words or letters, CIA. <laughs> so we, now we know that this guy is working C- for the like, CIA. As if you can tell, like, this tracking device, like, oh, yeah, this... He's got CIA oh, right there. It on like, only the CIA. Only the CIA has this one. It's... Only the CIA uses Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so they, silly. They like go to like Hobby Lobby and buy like a roll of Christmas lights, and they go, like, "All right, how many tracking devices can we make out of this?" Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Only the CIA has those those ones. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, uh, what did he he stomped <laughs> on the film case? Yeah, to break and the tracking it open. device was. In the film case. Yes, he pulls it out. And it didn't get crushed. Yeah. But then he's able to snap it, like, yeah. very easily. <laughs> and the spark did... It should have been the other way around. He just snapped the rolling the roll with his hands and then stopped on the tracking with his foot. Yeah. That's how it should have been. That would have been much cooler. They did it <laughs> yeah. He should have just did it one hand. Like, cracked the film roll with one hand and looked at Jimmy Olsen while he did it. Like, And then he was like... <laughs> And then pull out a tracker. He, he like holds the tracking device and lets all the debris fall of his hand. He's like, "See how cool I did that? One hand without even looking." <laughs> CIA says, "I watched a lot of Bobby Flay. I know how to crack an egg with one hand." <laughs> I know how to crack. He said it. He said it in Russian. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So now we get to a point where they bring Jimmy Olsen to Amazon. Amazon gets his gun of justice. I guess. <laughs> gun of justice. And Good one, like, Mark. Yeah, because he's about to impose justice on this dude who like brought a tracking device, and um. Yeah, they put him on his knees. She's like, what? Uh, oh, yeah, Lois Lane is, can't believe what's going on. She's like, no, no, he's a photographer. Um, Do you believe, so we're in agreement that she believes he's a photographer. She oh, yeah. has no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it makes more sense in this minute now because he starts, you know, speaking native. And was that bad to say? I don't know. He Nairomian. starts speaking the language. So they know, yeah, <laughs> Nairomian. <laughs> that sounds really cool, <laughs> Nairomian. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, it kind of, I don't know why I never like fully 
put all of those pieces together. Like, you oh, said this is duh. your favorite Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> I know. For some reason, I don't know why I just like didn't. I think it was the fact that like I didn't think he was like a seasoned CIA operative. I think he was just like a normal Jimmy Olsen that we know, and the CIA hired him. They used him as cover. Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I was like willing to just believe that little giveaway. I mean, some people might. I mean, I think. I mean, it still it still worked for me. But now that you're now that I'm thinking he's like, like CIA deep cover agent. Like, yo, that's awesome. I'm telling you, man. No guy's going into the field with his full name. If I worked for the CIA, which I don't, I don't work for the CIA. Um, if I worked for the CIA, <laughs> that's probably even making him more. Yeah, and I to you. and I said. Hey, my name is Mark Ybarra. I'm going to be working with you today, taking photos and everything. You don't think anyone's going to do a background check on me and go, hey, actually, Mark Ybarra works for the CIA. Why wouldn't I just use a fake name? <laughs> yeah. It's just one name. Nobody yeah. would ever suspect that a... you would use your real name, though. <laughs> like, it's like yeah, a fake like out. You're going to go see... Yeah, like you're going to see like a guy who runs a terrorist organization. You're going to walk in with your real name. That's not, not. I mean, if your name's Jimmy Olsen, like you might. No, his Jimmy Olsen's his spy name. Yeah, his real name is James Olsen. Oh yeah, that's like, <laughs> Jimmy's just you know his cool spy name. <laughs> there are. I feel like I do remember in like the little Wikipedia thing. There is like Jimmy quote James quote, Olsen. No, no, it's just one guy. <laughs> James, who's really, James. No, that was Jimmy. me. Jimmy. I wrote that. Olsen. I know you wrote that. Oh, you wrote that on the Wikipedia. You did yeah, that. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> you knew when I was like, taking notes. It was like, oh, this is exactly what Nate's. Right in his notes. <laughs> we were gonna look at it now. They're listening to this podcast and they're gonna look it up and like, oh my god, are there quotes around his name now? Yeah, there are. I mean, there are. There will be. <laughs> <laughs> they're um, gonna like one day in a Man of Steel sequel. They're like some guy's gonna walk in. He's like, hey, I'm uh, your new photographer. I'm Jimmy Olsen. He's like, nah, Jimmy Olsen died in the desert. And they're like, I don't know who you're talking about. And they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's not Jimmy Olsen who died in that desert. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, how do you guys? What are your reactions to seeing Jimmy Olsen? Die? Uh, yeah, bah, 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 bah. we just see a gun go off. That's it. That's it. I'm, that's it. And so, that's all what I'm are our reactions to? Come on, a gun shooting it? very near Jimmy Olsen's face. <laughs> well, you know, in the in the theatrical cut, that's all you get. You don't yeah. get the shot that we see tomorrow. Yeah, no, you you really don't. So this is this minute ends the theatrical. Okay, well, if you want to save your notes, I'll let Harper save his notes because I bet he's got notes on such an important notes on yeah. Since you, yeah, Yeah. since you are a a beloved fan of the the illustrious Jimmy Olsen, I'll let you have that. So go for it, man. To me, uh, this is like uh, first and foremost in like my my problems with Zack Snyder. Um, I was reading up about about this and and the decision to to kill off. uh, to maybe or not kill off Jimmy Olsen. Um, yeah. And there's, I saw it in multiple places that uh, when people asked Zack Snyder about it, he said, we didn't have a place. Um, this is not like an exact quote, but this is paraphrasing. He said, uh, we didn't feel like there was a place for Jimmy Olsen in this cinematic universe. So we thought we would do something fun with him. And I guess his, his uh, definition of fun is shooting him in the face. <laughs> um, yeah. And, I, to me, I mean, it bothers me because I'm a Jimmy Olsen fan, but it to me, it's very much like a red shirt kind of thing. And it's it reads to me a lot like, um, I wish I could remember the character's name, but I remember there was a big hubbub uh, a long time ago, um, early in Jeff John's career when he was maybe doing like Infinite Crisis or something where he had a, a villain like rip a, car- like a B-list uh, superhero's arm off. 
and everybody was like seriously like it's just like one of those like hyper violent things to like you see how like serious i am about this like the fact that i'll kill off jimmy olsen like shoot him in the face <laughs> like it's just it's kind of to me it's just kind of laughably like take it's like begging you to take him seriously instead of like actually writing a compelling story it's just using a character that people know and then killing them to make you uh, uh, make you believe in the stakes, which is a re- to me a really cheap storytelling move and disappointing because Jimmy Olsen, now he uh, in- unless unless they really do you know um, play off the idea that this was not Jimmy Olsen, this was somebody pretending to be Jimmy Olsen, then we're never going to get Jimmy Olsen in a DC Cinematic Universe movie, which is a real bummer for somebody who likes that character. Yeah, I mean, true. you could I mean you could take my theory and you know then Zack Snyder's quote doesn't sound so bad because then you're like oh it wasn't even jimmy olsen yeah we had fun with it Let's because we used fun. the name yeah and we played you into thinking like mandarin style and iron man 3 like oh we thought like it was jimmy olsen but it wasn't it was just some cia operative so we had fun shooting some guy that we didn't <laughs> even know was not jimmy olsen so you could do it that way um there is that debate like you know, if you're going to do that, then just why not? If you don't want him in your universe, just then don't just just don't bring right. him in the film at all and save us that uh, so that he doesn't get killed. And I, I see that argument as well. Um, I'm about it, man. And, um, I was trying to bring in another thing. Oh, the other thing is like to kill off Jimmy Olsen. So let's say it is Jimmy Olsen. Let's just say that he is and my CIA theory is a bunch of garbage. Right. And Zack Snyder really did want to have fun shooting Jimmy Olsen in the face. <laughs> Another defense that I could offer for that um, would be the surprise element in introducing a character that you think is going to be a mainstay, like the, the screen yeah, thing, surprising right? Surprising people, like 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 killing off um, uh, what's her name at the beginning of Scream. Oh, oh, Drew yeah, Barrymore. Drew yeah, Barrymore. yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think there's a character in like Nightmare on Elm Street that's like for the first 30 minutes you're like oh there's a main character and it's like nope she dies in a bathtub or something like that and it's like oh i thought she was the main character the whole time there's there's movies like that well and um um, you know actually i I forgot about this until just now and i I don't know for sure that this is true but i've heard that originally jesse eisenberg was gonna play jimmy olsen and that that was gonna play mm -hmm. into it like to have this big star come in and then get killed off again being like one of those like look how serious the stakes are like i'm gonna kill jesse eisenberg (laughs) But it, I, yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, I was like, I think what he went in thinking he was gonna be, James yeah, Wilson. yeah, yeah, pretty sure that's how, it yeah, went. yeah. And then, like, they told him to read for Lex Jr. and the rest of his <laughs> yeah, they say, Hey, great job, and that you young man it. was yeah. Lex Luthor, <laughs> <laughs> Obama senior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's um, a, internet jokes but i think that's it did you guys for have anything else itself. for the minute itself oh. boom headshot uh, oh like so a... you are spoiling it well You're the one who i mean keep... i know i wrote it down because counter-strike just go <laughs> <laughs> uh heartbreak can you tell us about the first time you saw donna just sure um i i can't remember if i saw like a, a midnight showing i think i did because it was like a it was definitely opening weekend it was you know packed in the theater and stuff and um it was a movie I was like cautiously excited about, I guess. Um, I thought I, Man of Steel, although I had some issues with it, I mostly really liked it. I, I liked a lot of things about it. I liked the way it looked. Um, I liked the music a lot. I liked, um, I mostly liked the portrayal of Superman, although I, I got a lot of the criticisms that people had about um, 
you know, the, the loss of life and Superman not really saving people. And, um, and the snapping Zod's neck was something I def- that definitely bothered me. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I mostly enjoyed that movie and was, was looking forward to this one. Um, I, uh, this, it was a movie that I, I walked out of like pretty angry, actually. Like I was, it wasn't just that I like didn't enjoy it. I was like actively irritated with how <laughs> it portrayed <laughs> characters that I care a lot about. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know how much knocking popcorn out of people. Yeah. Hands. I mean, I was just like <laughs> going to town. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how much you want to get into stuff that happens later, obviously. But um, in particular, I really, really don't like the portrayal of Batman in this movie. Um, it, it bothers me and, and I, it, it, uh, it gives me not a lot of hope for, for Justice League, given that Batman's kind of the center central figure in, in a lot of ways for that, too. Because I just and it has nothing to do with Ben Affleck. It's just the way that the character's written and the way his story unfolds is like very unattractive to me as a Batman fan. That's fair. Yeah. Um, There's a difference between Justice League Batman and Batman. And what I think we're getting is that, like, team building, let's work together, JLA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always always a big difference between when he's part of a team. All of them, really. When they're all part of a team, they get really different. Batman's much more of a grump in the the team building uh, ones. (laughs) But, yeah, to, to me, yeah. he's just kind of a, um, like, he to me, he comes across as, like, the villain of most of this movie. Like, his motives are, like... Oh, he is. ...are very... And, and I like I really don't like that. Like, I like Batman a lot more than I like Superman, so yeah. it, it bothers me that they kind of play him, not only as sort of villainous, but also as kind of dumb. Like, for the world's greatest detective, he falls for, like, a really obvious plot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's just... I have I have a lot of issues with Batman in this in this movie, and that, that's that's my that's my main complaint. I think. I think it helps that Alfred is there to. Well, the Alfred the Alfred in this story is very much like, uh, hey, you're being an idiot. Yeah. True. So I mean, it kind of. So he is. He's kind of like. Reason. It's not. Yeah. Done. It's in a, a different way take that on Batman. Back at it. It's like more of like no, he's purposely being a. a real piece of shit you know? <laughs> excuse my french but you know it's like you, you know you are being what you're being so um well if this is not your favorite uh story between the two characters batman and sure. superman what would be uh like with both of them together yeah. um i mean i is that what mm-hmm. i like um I'm, I'm trying to think i read a, a big chunk of the batman and our yeah, is it Batman? I think it's Superman, Batman, uh, the original comic that they did. I uh, um, think they did a Batman, Superman one more recently that I wasn't that crazy about. But the Superman, Batman yeah, one Jay from Lee, like they did the early yeah. 2000s. Um, I was a pretty big fan of those books. It's been a long time since I've read them, but I do remember really enjoying that. Um, in particular, I think I, re- I liked the Absolute Power arc, which is one of the I, I can't remember the, the yeah. exact inner workings of it but it's it's a little bit like this and that it pits the two of them against each other and there's a lot of like alternate world jumping around that was that was really kind of fun so um and that I, I feel like that was a way to to make two characters who are essentially good people pit against each other without making either one like villainous um which that's that's kind of what i'm not crazy about in this movie um so I, yeah, I, I, as far as the story with the both of them, I think that's probably the one that is most memorable to me that I like. Cool, fair enough. Did yeah. you have any questions, Nate? Uh, no. Was was that like the Ed Guinness run? The yeah, Batman Ed Superman? Guinness and um Jeff Loeb, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed that. It was a uh, very um, comic book in yeah. every sense of the word. Yeah, it's very like kind of bombastic. And, but that's like it's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they did a couple of the animated movies based on on those too, and I think those were pretty pretty fun too. Yeah, they did. In that like same sort of enemies, style, I think. Yeah. yeah. Public Enemies, and then they, mm-hmm. the second one, I think they changed the name, but it was basically the Dark Side Supergirl one. I don't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. they time. changed the name of that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that film. Um. Well, cool, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on our adventure to cover Donna Justice minute by minute, um, and to uncover CIA operatives. It's true. You've caught me. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna... You want to cut that out? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that no, was great to be on. I appreciate you, you guys me. asking me. Awesome. Um, I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap up for the week, guys. Um, don't forget, check out the Thing Minute and everything that Harper Harris has got going on over at his side. And um, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute. You can find all our other shows at tooledmedia.com. Um, if you want to join our Facebook group, we have DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can join us, past guests, and the rest of our listeners, and we talk about the minutes at hand, or we talk about movies coming out in the DC universe and stuff, and you can tell us what you like or what you didn't like about some of the films. Man, you can even tell us what you had for dinner that night. <laughs> you can ask me that, and I will tell you. I start, because I don't have money. Yeah. Anyways... <laughs> Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic. Awesome.